Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Is a Thursday edition of Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, McDonald and McMullen, here with you as we continue to count down to the return of Dougie P Week here on uh, 90, uh, here on uh, Birds 365. Uh, Johnny Mac, busy Wednesday is what you called it before we parted yesterday. A lot of stuff going on over at the uh, complex, uh, other than the Eagles' extensive injury list again. No, but there's all those rest guys, those maintenance days. Uh, did they actually have enough guys to field the practice for the time you guys were allowed to view? <clears throat> yeah, a bunch of guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So uh, you do the math. Thirteen of uh, fifty-two available technically because they still haven't uh, filled that last spot, which we expect to be uh, Britain Cubby at some point uh, this week, and we'll see when the Eagles pull the trigger on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, they they said week one they told us that you know this is a year long plan, this is a season long plan. So when it comes to the rest guys, I I don't get concerned. Um, uh, so you look for the actual injuries and, you know, from Landon Dickerson's standpoint, obviously he he's dealing with the foot injury and he, he, he didn't play the whole game. He was the only offensive lineman who didn't play the whole game in Washington. They, they put in Sue Opeta, uh, for a couple series. Um, but he was out there watching Darius Slay is completely fine. He was out there watching. So, from that perspective, I don't think you have to worry about those guys. They're just being cautious. They're certainly going to play. I think Dickerson's injury is a little bit more serious because 
Obviously, he was working through some things last week. A.J. Brown's going to have uh, his second child very soon, so he was uh, gone for personal matters. That's uh, not expected to be an issue. Uh, and then, yeah, Boston Scott, who's got a little bit of a rib injury. Uh, Miles Sanders with a little bit of a hip injury. Uh, Devontae Smith, as probably expected after he made that catch, dealing with some pain in his back. Uh, the only concern there would be Boston because he didn't practice. Miles and Devontae were out there at least a limited fashion. So on Wednesday, if you're out there limited, that's a good sign you're going to be available. So while it's long, it's very manageable. There's not a lot of serious concerns on there. So I wouldn't get too worked up about it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, they, they. if we're just tracking what they did the first couple of weeks, this is what we're going to deal with every single week. Guys who just have days off, overly precautious. That's the way the Eagles are handing it, handling it, so you can't get worked up when you see the length of their did-not-practice list on a Wednesday and or a Thursday. Um, we'll, we'll see if there are any additions and or subtractions uh, going into uh, Thursday's action today uh, when the Eagles will get another practice in before – Doug Peterson comes to town and it's Doug Peterson week. And you and I have talked about Doug Peterson plenty. Others have talked about Doug Peterson plenty, certainly understandable. The only coach to have ever won the Super Bowl while, while coaching here in Philadelphia. And now that is more than five years ago. It just doesn't seem it's so funny because that doesn't seem that long ago. It seems like, I don't want to say only yesterday, but because it was such a momentous occasion and accomplishment, it doesn't seem that long ago. Yet, it seems to me like it's that much longer that Nick Sirianni became the head coach of the Eagles. And that's not the case. It's a year no, and a half ago no. he was given the job as the coach of the Eagles. Oh, Although doing this Birds 365 show with you every day, it seems like a long time, it seems like a lifetime ago that Nick Sirianni was hired. It's so funny, the juxtaposition of those two things. One doesn't seem as long ago as it's actually been, and the other one seems longer ago than it has been. Why do you think that's the case? I I don't know. It doesn't seem to me that Nick has been here that long. I mean, he's a second-year head coach. He was a rookie head coach uh, last year, and I think he was the best rookie head coach. I think, you know, the the Sirianni-Peterson juxtapositions to me are – the Eagles got lucky twice. <laughs> they didn't want to hire either guy, and they hired the best guy back to back. That's one. Uh, two, they they were culture changers. Uh, Doug coming off chip, uh, emotional intelligence, all that kind of stuff. Um, Nick coming off Doug, where I think you know the pandemic uh, really hurt Doug. Uh, I think he's a I don't think he's a Zoom guy. I don't think he's a virtual guy. I think when he's teaching, he needs to be in front of people. I think that hurt him. Um, kind of more old school. A couple of guys mentioned that yesterday. I was a little bit surprised. You know, he, he comes from the Andy Reid uh, tree, obviously. And we all know Andy and, and his work ethic. And uh, he wants guys out there practicing. Uh, a bunch of guys mentioned, including Brandon Graham. A little surprised by that. Because Brandon really likes Doug. Um, talked about how Nick Sirianni and what we just mentioned with the injury report, the maintenance and takes players' needs into um, kind of a new school approach. Um, 
so that's a little bit different. Uh, and, and I think people like it. We'll see how long that shelf life is. Everybody's got a shelf life, right? Um, and then the quarterbacks, you know, early in Doug Peterson's uh, regime with a healthy Carson Wentz, you know, they did a really good job developing Carson Wentz. I think people forget that and want to forget that for whatever reason, because they don't like Carson. And he's doing the same thing with Trevor Lawrence. So it's not, you know, you can see it's not um, um, by mistake. And then Nick Sirianni with, with Jalen Hurts. And, um, you know, it's three games again, but he's played better than I ever expected. I'll freely admit that. And I think most people are honest with themselves. I, I you know, people can say whatever they want. You know, I always say you point out hypocrisy to a hypocrite, they don't care. So it's it's a waste of time. Uh, but anybody who's sitting there saying, oh, Jalen Hurts would be the best player in football, you're a liar. <laughs> so, I mean, he's doing a hell of a job uh, uh, developing this quarterback. And I think that's sort of something they have in common as well. And uh, so those are the things I kind of look at. It is. It does. You and I, I guess, uh, we both have different uh, jobs away from Birds 365. So you're there. You're immersed in it every single day. Um, I, I'm I'm judging it from a little further out, looking in. Yeah, we. It just. It seems to me like Nick Sirianni has been here longer. You're you're there every single day, so maybe that changes your perspective on it. Um, it, it, the fact that they landed Nick Sirianni, and I had no idea who Nick Sirianni was when he was hired. I was going, who? Nick Sirianni? Really? That's the guy they're hiring as head coach? But a guy who needs to get credit for it. Oh, by the way, uh, this was part of our buddy Ruben uh, Frank's stat package after the game. Um, did you know that with the win, as of right now, and we know this is a very fluid situation, Nick Sirianni is the winningest coach in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I did know that. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, his winning uh, percentage is better than any other coach. Yeah. Now we know it's it's a small sample size as compared to uh, Neil and and Reed and uh, all the other Eagle coaches that came before him. But as of right now, he's the winningest coach in the history of the Philadelphia mm -hmm. Eagles. Well, I it think just forget, seems unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know to use Andy as, as as an example, when you're here for a long time, there's going to be ebbs and flows. So, and, and that's generally talent driven uh, more than anything else. And football moves so fast from that cyclical standpoint. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you only coach um, 17 games and then three games the next year, it's only 20 games. So you win three in a row, that's going to, that's going to spike you. You're 500 coach essentially in year one, a little bit over, um, and all of a sudden you win three in a row. Um, and and for Nick, it's really two and five. So if you think about that low water point, and you know you finish nine and eight. Um, so and and even though I know you don't like to count the the last game, and you know, but. Just from yeah, if, that if perspective. If you don't put that in, he's running away as the best percentage yeah. coach in the history of the Philadelphia. Well, if you don't put that in, he's won seven of nine and he's won three straight. So he's won 10 of 12 when he's been trying to win. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty impressive run uh, from that standpoint.
It is. And let us not forget, and it's not something that we haven't talked about before here on Birds 365. John uh, was all over it. The Eagles didn't want to hire Nick Sirianni, or at no. least Howie Roseman didn't. Howie Roseman wanted to hire Josh McDaniels. Well, let me let me correct that real okay. quick. It's yeah, not, give us, it, give it, us more it, context. It's not that he didn't want to hire uh, Nick Sirianni. It's not that it was – in fact, Nick Sirianni wasn't even on the radar when he recommended they hire Josh McDaniels. Um, and I think that's where Jeffrey Lurie – so it's not like it was Josh McDaniels or Nick Sirianni. It was never that. It was they got down – they got through the first grouping and how he said recommended Josh McDaniels. And this is where I give – and that's where all the Jonathan Gannon stuff started, by the way. Jonathan is very close to uh, – Josh and uh, vice versa. Um, that weird John Carroll pipeline. Jonathan didn't go there, but he uh, he's with all the Cleveland people and he's sort of in that grouping. Uh, so they've been very close for a long time. And, and kind of when Josh was going to get a head coaching job, um, you know, you can't say that necessarily with Indy, but um, he, he I was, was going to say, hire. was was Gannon good enough to be considered? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know at that point because remember he had barely been a position coach, so maybe he would have just hired him to be a, a position, position coach, coach right. quarter, something of that nature. But either way, they're they're very close, and that's why all that started. Um, and I think Jeffrey Laurie very astutely said, "I don't care what these guys tell me today; they're not going to get along long term." I think he very astutely said, you know, two big personalities, two big, you know, guys who want control and, and this and that. And and I think Barry said, you know what? We're not going to go in this direction. We're going to keep interviewing people till we find somebody we like. And I think they both like Nick Sirianni. Uh, so it wasn't like he said, no, I want Josh McDaniels over Nick Sirianni. Nick wasn't even in the in the in the mix when he recommended uh, Josh McDaniels. And I think Jeffrey Laurie very astutely steered clear of that impending cliff uh, rock in the ocean. So to speak. Right. My, my point was, and uh, you, you got to it for me, so thank you. If Howie Roseman had his way, they would have hired Josh McDaniels. Not that he chose him over Nick Sirianni, but... He advised Jeff Lloyd, let's hire this guy. And Lloyd said, not so fast, my friend. Let's continue to process. They see Sirianni. They agree on Sirianni. Sirianni becomes the head coach. But uh, you and others have told me that, yeah, how he had his druthers, they probably, if, if Jeff Lloyd liked Josh McDaniels as much as Howie Roseman liked Josh McDaniels, then Josh McDaniels might be the coach of the Eagles right now. And it's a good thing he's not. Because while there's only two 3-0 and teams in football, there's only one 0 and three team in football, and that would be the Josh McDaniel coached Las Vegas Raiders as of right now. And that's a talented want... team. It's not like they're without talent, uh, the Raiders. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, and to be fair, it's a very short sample size, and maybe he turns it around. Um, I think he has learned. Look, he was a disaster the first time. I, you know, it's interesting. I think the most unprepared coach I've ever seen, and this is long a long list um, was Josh McDaniels when he took over in Denver 
Um, now Nathaniel Hackett's giving a run for his money. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, by the way, two and one. Yeah, uh, but he just makes bad decisions. Bad decisions. And I don't. And I love George Payton. Everybody, you know, I've loved him for years. Um, just a tremendous. I think he's been ready. Tremendous personnel guy. I think he's been ready to be a GM for a long time. But you don't hire a coach to try to get a player. And I think that was his process. And and then you don't get the player and you're stuck with the coach. I I think that's a bad process. So um but but anyway. Um, I'm I'm predicting Nathaniel Hackett's era in Denver will be better than Josh McDaniel's era in uh Denver. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, uh, I think they'll both be bad. So um here's I, the difference. The current coach has Russell Wilson. The old coach believed in Tim Tebow. Uh, that that if nothing else, that will ensure yeah, the that's, fact that that's Nathaniel fair. Hackett will have a better era than uh, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, there's a lot of people with Tim. Tim, I mean, there's some certain guys. And Jody, you you're uh, you've been around long enough. I I thought that way with Sean Bradley when the Sixers trip. I'm like, what do these people see? What do these people see that I'm missing? Like they're supposed to be the experts. I'm not. I'm not claiming I know more than personnel people. That's what I said about Tim, Tim Tebow. I'm like, what are you, what are you seeing here that I'm not seeing? Um, it, it every once in a while, very rarely, there's a player that I know is going to fail. I freaking know they're going to fail. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about seventh round picks. I'm talking about first round high profile guys. Tim Tebow was one of them. And I'm like, Josh McDaniels knows more about football than me. What what are you seeing? What 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 are you, what is blocking your view from this? Same thing with Sean Bradley back in the day. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, it, very rarely, but every once in a while. And uh, my buddy Sonny Hill gets mad at me every time I mention the fact that he told me Sean Bradley will revolutionize the game yeah, of what, basketball. What? He, I mean, there's an he, example. He doesn't now, like the fact that I uh, bring that up again because oh. uh, the, that story has been written and it ended quite badly for both uh, John Bradley and Sonny Hill. All right, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald. We got to get a timeout out here because we see our bud, John Stolnes, Bleeding Green Nation in the uh, green room waiting right, right off the board and talk about the return of Doug Peterson to Philadelphia this weekend. Eagles, Jaguars. We're talking with John Stolnes next on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. from Bleeding Green Nation, one of our favorite uh, guests when he hops aboard. Uh, John, it's been a couple of weeks or more since we last had you on. You knew the Eagles were going to be 3-0 and uh, be in the argument for the best team in the NFL after three weeks, right? You had that all scoped out. I've been screaming that at the top of my lungs since before the draft, yeah. Jody. I think I'm well established on that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and also Jalen Hurts would be an MVP candidate. No doubt. We're no all doubt. ground floor on that. Yeah, yep. everybody yeah. knows this. This is not, this is canon. <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely is. What What has been the biggest surprise for your team? Besides the quarterback, we'll take the quarterback out of the equation. Yeah. What What has surprised you most about how good this, because let's be honest, John, they, they've been dominant. And, yeah. um, you know, the Detroit game, I think people underestimated the environment and, and, but man, they closed it out with that four minute offense. And then it's just been, it's been lights out over the past two games. Yeah. I, I think if we're putting the quarterback aside, because obviously that's the whole reason this team is three and O right now. Uh, I think for me, the getting the way the defensive line has played the, the last couple of weeks, specifically last week against Carson Wentz has been the other big key, because I think I was not expecting the defensive line to be, to have, I was, I would question whether or not they'd have a big impact this year. Um, and I think over these last couple of weeks, they've really turned up. I mean, Brandon Graham is you know, defensive player of the week this, this past week for the first time in his career, which is crazy to think about, but, uh, the, the way that Jonathan Gannon's defense has played the last couple of weeks, I think has been, uh, the second biggest surprise on the team and really 
the offense has struggled a little bit in the second half of these last two games. I don't know if I know I, Sirianni talked about taking his foot off the gas in, in week two, and he really didn't need to you know keep the pedal down. But then last week, maybe trying to go too far in the other direction and not recognizing Washington's defense was adjusting to the long ball. And uh, so he I know he said he needs to find a, a middle ground there, but the defense really made it so that those second half. I got, I'll call them struggles for lack of a better word, but because of those second half lulls that the offense has had, it hasn't mattered. Those games, neither of those games ever really felt like they were in doubt because the defense was so suffocating against a Vikings offense that was really great. I mean, I, I still think Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook can do a lot of damage during, during the rest of the season. And then last week against Carson Wentz, you can't tell me that somewhere deep in the recesses of your mind, you didn't envision Carson Wentz having a good game against the Eagles. You know, the worst case scenario, the pessimistic the little guy that lives in your mind, that was there for, for all of us, I think, to some degree. And, and they just never let it happen. And I thought Carson might have put up some numbers. I just didn't think it was going to be a winning effort. He didn't even put up the numbers so that yeah. the Eagles pass rush was that good. And to think they're doing all of that without Derek Barnett, just shocking. <laughs> the, no, uh, really. Can you believe that's the biggest surprise? Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, John, the fact that the uh, 3-0 and start has gone above and beyond what most of us saw coming certainly has boosted the confidence of this team. I got to believe the confidence in that room right now is off the off the charts. Should there be any concern of that, that they maybe are smelling themselves just a little bit with this 3-0 and start and being power ranked some places, yeah. the number one team in the <laughs> National Football League? Would would that be a concern of yours if you were in Nick Sirianni's shoes this week? That's what I was worried about last week. And I wrote an article for BleedingGreenNation.com this week talking about why I thought the Washington win was more impressive than the Monday night win over the Vikings because – Coming off of that Monday night win against Minnesota, that's exactly what was happening. Jalen Hurts is suddenly at the top of all the MVP conversation. You've got the Eagles now in the top five of the of the power rankings. They're right there with the Buccaneers atop the NFC. You're hearing all of these glowing stories. Everybody on the NFL network is talking about the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts and the offense went out and put the pedal down in the first half against the commanders and the defense were a bunch of rampaging beasts out there in, in Washington. That to me was the sign that this is not a, like a, a pop-up team that surprises you for a few weeks, like the Cardinals last year um, that will quickly fade. I think that because you have a quarterback that is so dedicated to getting better each and every week, I don't think you're going to see a situation where Jalen Hurts is smelling himself. And as the quarterback goes, so oftentimes the rest of the team goes. I think Nick Sirianni playing that Kobe Bryant message um, uh, with the Paul Gasol thing from uh, the Redeem Team documentary, I think was yeah. was 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 inspired. I mean, it's a good choice to to do that in that week. Let you know just to remind everybody to not go easy on Carson because some of you may have been friends with him in the past. And I, I thought the way they came out in Washington without suffering a letdown on a short week against a, an opponent you could look past told me that I don't think this team is going to do what you were talking about, Jody, and that's smell themselves and think too highly of themselves and play down to their opponent. Yeah, and this week it's Tiger Woods in competitiveness. Right. So, right. so Nick keeps going down that route. We'll see how long that shelf life is. I want to rewind to the first question because he gave an interesting answer because I'm in one camp and most people are in the other camp. Like, I don't even pay attention to these second-half struggles because – Jody knows. I think it's human nature. I they they they, dumb, they were never threatened in these games. Um, you have other people saying you got to score in the second. You got you got to score. You got to score. 
probably it's somewhere in between. I, I should probably yeah. be a little bit more concerned. But where are you on that sort of uh, needle? Uh, very concerned, little concerned. Where are you? A little, a little concerned. I, I would like to have seen, and they would have added a field goal in the Vikings game in the second half if it hadn't been blocked. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, they, they just, um, I think, you know, you add a couple of field goals in the second half <laughs> of each of these games and you just give yourself that much breathing room. I think there are a couple of times against Washington in the second half when, um, when they got a short field and you realized that this were a touchdown here, it's a 10 point game and, and you give a, a struggling team a little bit of life with a quarter and a half left. That's still a game you can lose. And, and maybe at that point, the Eagles offense gets more serious and they, yeah. they really, <laughs> so a game game script has a lot to do with it, where, where the score is the time and all that kind of stuff. And I get that there was no urgency really in the second half of these last two games for the Eagles to have to really push hard, but uh, I would like to see them add on. I, and that's, I think, Maybe the last step this team needs to take is have that killer mentality offensively to be able to figure out, here's how we're going to close down this game. We're not even going to give you guys a shot uh, at letting a blocked field goal return for a touchdown, which almost happened in that Minnesota game. We're not going to even allow that to be a possibility where that could hurt us. And so it's a little bit of a concern. It's not a big concern. It's something I think they'll fix. John, uh, I want to back it up to April where the uh, NFL schedule comes out. And we go, oh, here's the Eagle schedule. Get out your pencils and mm -hmm. give me W's and L's over the 17 games. At home against the Jaguars. This wasn't the, this was a W in a capital letter. Mm -hmm. And you don't need a pencil. Give me a pen. We'll put the <laughs> W next to this one. Sorry, Dougie P. Uh, there's no way we're losing to Jags at home. And <laughs> Oh, Jacksonville's not bad. Two and yeah. one, good start. Yeah. Putting up gaudy offensive numbers. How yeah. much better are the Jags at this stage than we thought uh, when the schedule came out in April? Yeah, it's it's why I like doing the schedule thing at the beginning of the offseason and you put in the W's and the L's, but you go into it realizing that once the season starts, there's going to probably be three or four teams on your schedule that you thought were going to be easy wins that turn out to be difficult. And there are probably going to be two, three, four games that you thought, I really don't like our chances in this one. And they end up being games that you handle comfortably because right. you never know what a team's going to look like once the season starts and, and the games matter and injuries start to happen. So uh, this Jacksonville offense is so much better with Doug Peterson. One of my uh, bold predictions I wrote about for Bleeding Green Nation was I predicted Peterson as coach of the year because you had yeah. him, Trevor. You had so did I, John. So yeah. did I. Well, the here's the thing. Yeah. Urban Meyer was so bad last yeah. year that he made yeah. everybody forget how hyped Trevor Lawrence was coming out of college. And so Doug Peterson comes in here with essentially a blank slate. He's got to undo some of the damage Urban Meyer did. But he just brings... You, you, we've seen what what he did with Carson Wentz. We saw how he was able to transform the offense with Nick Foles. Uh, how he, you know, the the work he has done in his career with quarterbacks. And you just had to think he's going to have a positive influence on Trevor Lawrence. He's going to bring a stabilizing force to an offense that has some skill at the position. Uh, he's using Christian Kirk tremendously in this offense. And we talked about that as being a, a a ridiculous free agent signing. It's turning, it's looking like it's going to be a very good free agent signing for Jacksonville because Doug knows how to scheme things up. And so you've got a quarterback, you've got a coach who knows how to use a quarterback, and you've got a very talented quarterback who really just needed someone to help unleash his abilities. And so Jacksonville's legit offensively. I think they're a legitimate, a legitimate worry for this defense this Sunday. Yeah. Um, I think over the past two weeks, you can argue the best teams in football have been the Eagles and the and the Jags. I mean, the Jags waxed Indy, I think it was 24-0, correct me if I'm wrong, Jody, and then they beat uh, the Chargers 
38 to 10, they just really destroyed the mm-hmm. Chargers. So they're playing very well coming in here. Um, I, I, I kind of put the Dolphins in there too, seeing as they beat the Ravens in both. Yeah, I know right. you're a big and Dolphins, but they haven't the world, been as, as they, impressive. The already champion of the, the world, Buffalo why, Bills. Yeah, which is the reason why they're not getting style points. You know how important style points are, Joe. You need style points as well. Coming, um, coming back from 28 points down against the well, Ravens here, with not speaking, style points. Speaking of style points, um, first week you had 15 missed tackles for the Eagles. Um, weeks two and three, they gave up 15 points. Unfortunately, two of those were due to a safety. So right. technically 13 for the defense. They keep talking about this nebulous standard, John, the standard. We haven't lived up to our standard. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to live up to the standard that has been this good? Because I got in trouble this week. Jody will tell you. A bunch of viewers got upset at me because I said this is not sustainable. And what I was talking about is the the pro football focus grades that, you know, the Eagles are the best overall team. They're the best offense. They're the best passing offense, the best pass blocking offense, the best receiving offense. I just mentioned the defense giving them 13 points over two weeks. Is this sustainable? Uh, Probably not at this level, uh, but I think right now you do see sometimes a team will have a season where they just play such complimentary football that they, they, they go on a run and have a special season. This feels like it could be one of those seasons. I think we need more than three games of Jonathan Gannon showing that he can shut down quarterbacks. What we need to see is Jonathan Gannon shutting down a, a, a top level quarterback, or at least really holding a top level. Trevor Lawrence, a top level quarterback. If he shuts down Trevor Lawrence, what are we saying? I, I don't think I don't think that answers the I don't think that answers that question necessarily. I think Trevor Lawrence is a is a very good quarterback. I'm, but I think what what I'm talking about is one of like a I don't think you'd put Trevor Lawrence in like the top ten of NFL quarterbacks right now. And and that's kind of what I would like to see this defense do is you may not be able to shut down a top ten quarterback entirely, but hold a top ten quarterback in check, prevent them from doing like what they did last year with with top quarterbacks when they would come in and complete eighty five percent of their passes and go and put together very easy 12 play 13 play drives at eight up eight minutes of clock. And I think that's what we need to see. I I think obviously Trevor Lawrence is playing very well. And if they do shut him down, that's yet another good indication that Jonathan Gannon has figured out how to use the different pieces that he has. He's got so many different players, especially on that defensive line rotation to move in and out of. It may have just taken a week for him to kind of figure out how he's going to utilize everybody. So I, but I do think this can be, a top five defense, a top seven defense in, in the NFL. They they seem to have enough on the defensive line. The linebacker play has improved tremendously. And you have Darius Slade, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox playing at a very high level right now against good wide receivers. That alone will force the quarterback to hold the ball for an extra second, which can get you home and allow you to only give up 13 points over the course of two weeks. So it may not be sustainable to the level that it is, but I do think this could be a top five, top seven defense, but I'll hold off on that until I see them take down a really good quarterback. Would you put Jalen Hurts into the top 10 quarterbacks in the league? Right now he is. I mean, I think you can't talk about him as a legitimate candidate. I'm just trying to understand why you wouldn't put Lawrence in, but you would Jalen Hurts. They had similar years last year, and right now their quarterback rankings are almost exactly the same. Passer ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why the uh, Hurts love and not ready to get that elevated that fast with Lawrence? 
I think I look at Hertz and the way he took the team to the playoffs last year as, as putting him a little bit ahead of, of Trevor Lawrence. And I do, I, I hear that because Trevor Lawrence, again, had Urban Meyer as his head coach. If he has a competent head coach, he's probably, he's probably further in my mind than I, than I have him. So that's a fair point. I know that he's got, I think the number seven passer rating in the NFL right now coming into this game. I guess I just want to see a little bit more from Trevor Lawrence before I, I put him into the top okay. 10 and, you know, I I think people are talking about Jalen Hurts as an MVP candidate. I haven't heard a whole lot of scuttlebutt about Trevor Lawrence in that same vein um, because of what Jalen Hurts can give you on the ground as well as through the air. And I think his performances have been more dynamic so far this season. But it's it's a fit. You know, I, I, I can't say that he's definitely not, given how some of the other top quarterbacks have played so far this year. Yeah. One of them, and, and here's where I, I'll say, John, you know, I know everybody was upset last year at the 80, 90% guys uh, on, on the Eagles defense, and rightfully so. <clears throat> if anybody was going to throw for 89, it's Kirk Cousins. I mean, he yeah. throws for 70%, you know, it'll probably end up at 70%. And they shut him down. So I, was that not a big enough time? I get what you're saying. It's not Tom Brady. I mean, it's not yeah. Patrick Mahomes. It's not. But I mean, as far as that completion percentage, that that's a guy i mean he's been doing it for almost a decade anywhere mm -hmm. from 65 to over 70 percent and that showed me a ton of improvement yeah and i think kirk cousins is one of those tricky quarterbacks to figure out exactly what he is because he he does put up some big numbers he does put up some gaudy statistics but he also struggles in in primetime games he struggles against good defenses and i think that's what the eagles have so yeah i mean i get it i i think um I think Cousins is is one of those was one of those key tests, especially with Justin Jefferson. The way they were able to to, to shut him down in that game was 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 eye opening. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think I think the Cousins test was a was a good test, and and maybe my expectations or my standards <laughs> are a little yeah. too high with this defense. I'll, I'll by the you. way, by the way, guys, I feel this has become a daily thing. The daily award update. Ooh, Jalen Hurts, NFC Offensive Player of the Month. The month. Wow. wow. Offensive That's, player of the month. And and deserved and well earned. Yeah. Um, so we give the the quarterback of the Eagles the props he's uh, earned here. All right. Doug Peterson coming back to town. John Stolness. Will there be a video tribute played for him? I think there should be. I think they probably will. The Eagles know how to do this pretty well. I think they they like to honor their past. And despite the fact of how things ended and them scapegoating Doug Peterson at the end of the 2020 season, I think they will recognize his contributions to, you know, putting in maybe the greatest head coaching performance in Super Bowl history against Bill Belichick back in Super Bowl 52, and and for everything he did for the organization, bringing Jeff Lurie his uh, his his only Super Bowl Vince Lombardi Trophy. Uh, I think so. I, and it's deserved. He's so I love Doug Peterson. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find any Eagles fan that would say bad things about, about Doug Peterson. Uh, and most, I think understand the way he left was, was not ideal. That's not the way you would want to move on from a Super Bowl winning head coach. I mean, it's not like he won it 10 years ago. It was still pretty fresh in everybody's yeah. mind. So um, still I'm still amazed. Still I'm still shocked. Thing, yep. Man. I'm still shocked. He's not here. Um, and I'm not at all surprised he's having success with, with Jacksonville. So no, I think, I think they'll have a video tribute. And I think they should. I think uh, I love that word. Cause I've used it a bunch of times. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie got very scapegoaty um, <laughs> after winning the Super Bowl, um, And the expectations were so high. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten your thoughts on, on, 
Doug Peterson leaving. What one one of the amazing things to me to this day, John, to this day, the Eagles didn't believe in Doug Peterson when it came to his assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. And Nick Sirianni comes in unproven, you know, off the radar for the most part, out of left field. And I'm not saying he has a ton of autonomy, but he had more autonomy from day one with his coaching staff than Doug Peterson ever did. What, where, where does that disconnect come from, do you think? I think with the coaching decisions Doug Peterson wanted to make, he wanted to promote guys who were already here, who I think Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman just had seen enough of to not want to be put into more prominent positions. Whereas with Nick Sirianni's bringing in people who are new, they've never seen these guys before. They don't, you know, they don't have a, a history or a, a track record with, with the, with the folks that, uh, that are coming in. So uh, I think there is some kind of bi- there's bias there for sure with, with Doug Peterson's guys, because granted, I think the, the track record of a, a lot of Doug Peterson's assistant coaches during the last couple of years was not great. And, the guys that he wanted to promote, I wasn't wild about the idea of of some of the promotions that that he was considering that he wanted to push through. Um, but I do think the Eagles used that as a as a reason to move on from him. And I think it was I think if you're Doug Peterson, you've won a Super Bowl, you have taken your team to the playoffs uh, the three straight years before uh, the four win season. Any other head coach who's done that has the autonomy to choose his coaching staff. And I still am amazed that the Eagles did not give him that opportunity and that level of privilege. I, I, I whether it was the right decision, whether he was going to make the right decisions or wrong decisions with his staff, I, I, I don't know that I'm qualified enough to to say that. We'll never know whether it would have been the right decision or not. But I think they used it as a reason to move on from him, and I, I still don't understand why. All right, I'll apologize in advance because this will probably tick off a whole bunch of our Eagle fan streamers <laughs> who are on here. Um, but as a uh, almost a tip of the, the cap to Howie Roseman, one of the things Howie does well is he can both narrow focus and watch the big picture, make moves that are going to help the team immediately, but also keep in mind that he hopes to be the general manager. The Eagles are going to be here for decades on decades on decades. So I'm going to ask you, John Stolnitz, a question about the future. I know they got a game against the Jaguars. They can get the 4-0. and They might be the only 4-0 team left in the NFL by this time on Sunday. But I also want to keep an eye on the future. If you had the chance as an Eagle organization to protect one of your two coordinators from being poached as a head coach for another team next year, mm-hmm. which one would you protect? The offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator? Shane Steichen, for sure. It's, for me, it's not a hesitation. I, I think that I've met, I th- you've seen the play calling, especially in the first half of these games, that they just seem to be in such a rhythm. He seems to have he'd be in that groove that we would see Doug Peterson get into sometimes with how mixing the run plays and the and the and the pass plays and, and knowing when to dial up to go deep and knowing when to just kind of take the seven yards, ten yards when they give you to to scheme up uh, splash plays without having to have the ball in the air for 30, 40 yards. Um, I think Shane Steichen probably will be here this year and then move on and get a head coaching job. And I, maybe this is some residual, um, some residual uh, frustration from Jonathan Gannon last year that I, I just haven't, haven't fully gotten on board with, with his system, despite how great they've played the last two weeks, but I need to see more before I would, before I would hold Jonathan Gannon before Shane Steichen at this point. Yeah. By the way, I think uh, 90% of Eagles fans would agree with John 
Uh, me, why, I would, why are you being light at 90, John? Yeah, <laughs> I might be more me, like 98. Me, yeah. I, I would go the other direction. Same here. You know. Um, really? Mainly, mainly because I, I do think, you know, Gannon's so respected around the league. Um, that's part of it. But the, the bigger part to me is I really don't think a lot of, and I'm not saying you, John, but a lot of fans don't know how hard it is to play defense in the modern NFL. Hmm. Like, you know, I, I, you can talk about the Ravens defense with Ray Lewis. You can talk about the 85 bears. And I think everybody wants this dominating just and even Tampa Bay with Warren Sapp and Tony Dungy. I don't think those exist anymore. I just, I, I think it's so difficult. And then I look at it from this perspective. I, I did my top 25 Eagles players before the season started, just best pure football players. And my number one, Jody knows, and no, not many people agree with me, but I think he's just a phenomenal football player, and that's Dallas Goddard. And then it was A.J. Brown, and then it was Lane Johnson, and then it was Jason Kelsey. Top four before I even got to the defense. And I, I don't even, I, I'd have to look up. I forget who I had at number five, but I know those were my top four, um, all offensive players. I, you know, might've been Slay. I think I had Slay at yeah. five. So that's where it started. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get the Jonathan Gannon angst. And I think it comes from the lack of context. I think, and this is all fan basis. I'm not, they they focus they hyper focus on their teams. They don't realize what's going on in other places. Everybody gets gashed in this league. Mm-hmm. Everybody blows coverages. The fact that you can go over a three game span, two game span, even and give up thirteen points in this league in this era, that's pretty stinking good. I'll tell you why I would go uh, protection of Gannon. Because if you lose Steichen, you've still got the head coach who's an offensive play caller, who gave him up last year in the midst of a year where it wasn't working. And I'm not trying to uh, in any way diminish what Steichen did last year and has done this year. It's pretty damn good. And I think he will be in the coaching carousel of candidates this upcoming offseason. But I just have more faith in the Eagles replacing Steichen than I do Gannon. Because what does Sirianni know about defense? He goes hands off to begin with anyway. He turns mm-hmm. it over to Gannon. And it's it's kind of like Dougie P with uh, Schwartz. It's, the defense is on you, big guy. Uh, so I just think it would leave a, a little bit of, of a bigger hole with the Eagles coaching staff overall. All right, uh, John, the fact that Doug comes back here with a little momentum himself, with the team playing well, Doug's a bit of an emotional guy. Always was, always has been. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the reasons why Philadelphia liked him as much when he was here, uh, including winning that big game in uh, February a couple of years ago. I think that contributed to it as well. Yeah. Emotions get the better of Doug Peterson this week? I guess uh, I would ask in what way? Like, how would, like, in, in terms of trying to be too aggressive with play calling and in, in, in terms of uh, trying to, I don't know, try to do too much? I, I It's, Eagles do what they do. They score their yeah. first two possessions. They're down 10 nothing. Uh, well, of course, they're going to defer, so that means Jacksonville will have had two <laughs> possessions. But uh, yeah. before you know it, they're down 10 nothing. Does he go, uh-oh, I-, I can't get embarrassed here. These are my peeps here in Philadelphia. Maybe push the envelope a little too much on the offensive side uh, when uh, if, if the opposition were someone else, he might do it differently. It's possible. It's possible. I, 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 I would lean towards him not going in that direction, but not a whole lot. I, I think Peterson, 
I know he he can be emotional, but I don't I can't recall a lot of times where I remember him as as the head coach game calling too emotionally. He went, went for it a lot on fourth down when he was here. He did. And I guess that's a good way that it would manifest itself to your point. Um, yeah. If, if he's, if he's taking some fourth down chances that even for Doug Peterson would be a little too much, then, then I, I think you could, I think you could see that. I, I will, I will say no for right now, but okay. um, it just, just slightly on the other 50 side of that 50, 50 coin there. And that's our boy Ryan Pag and Eddie Jody. He's he's going to be in the ear whispering those us, analytics yeah. in that's his right. ear, given right. given those fourth down conversions. I think the Eagles are going to be very aggressive uh, if they're in plus territory on fourth down. Uh, they always are, and they should be. And that's that's sort of you know something that has been borne out. And I think a lot more teams are are going in that direction. And Doug Peterson was at the forefront of that. I don't Not think he gets enough. Mm-hmm. enough credit for that but um i want to uh, put you in in mike caldwell's seat john stolness because i've been trying to figure this out and for those who don't know uh jim caldwell i'm sorry um the defense coordinator who am i i'm mixing up the names the uh, uh, either way the old eagles linebacker um is the jags defensive coordinator i've been saying this about defensive coordinators if i were a defensive coordinator what 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 what's your game plan to stop? Where, where do you start on this mm-hmm. Eagles offense? What do you what do you try to take away? Yeah, and that's the key. What are you taking away? Before it used to be to take away the running game. I, I don't think you can do that anymore. Um, I think what you're looking to do is maybe is try and take away AJ Brown. Um, and what you're trying to do is with your linebackers bottle up Jalen Hurts so that he's not making plays outside the pocket. And I know Jalen Hurts has made a ton of plays from inside the pocket. He's looked like a completely different quarterback through the first three weeks of the season. I still think that has to be your game plan, though. And Caldwell was the linebackers coach for Tampa last year in the playoffs. And he, they did a great job bottling up Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but good I, think point. He, I think he's a different quarterback right now. Jalen Hurts was looking to run at the first sign of trouble last uh, uh, last year. I think if I'm Tampa, I mean, not Tampa, I think if I'm Jacksonville, I'm blitzing a lot. I, I think I'm trying to see what I can get away with blitzing early, see if I can get Jalen Hurts throwing off his back foot, um, trying to play contain with my edge rushers on the outsides to, to keep him from leaking out, um, and, and blitzing my linebackers uh you know, every third play or something like that. Like, I mean, a heavy blitzing scheme to see if that rattles Jalen Hurts and, and gets him kind of off to a bad start. That's dangerous, of course, because you've got Goddard in the middle of the field. You've got um, you've got Brown in the middle of the field. You have Quez Watkins who can stretch the defense and take some of those guys out of the middle of the field. The Eagles have an answer for whatever a defense would want to do if they're executing. But for, I would, I would, if I'm Caldwell, I'm erring on the side of aggression and seeing if I can get Jalen Hurts to get a little bit rattled in this game. All right. Um, I know all of us have, and when I say all of us, I mean the uh, 300 change people streaming in right now. You, me, uh, John, uh, John, I got John and John with me. Mm-hmm. Um, the last 24 hours, no matter what you were doing, no matter how hard you're working, at some point you got to take some time and watch what's happening down in Florida and uh, the mm-hmm. havoc that Hurricane Ian is uh, wreaking over the entire state. John has ne- mentioned a couple times uh, over the last couple of days. 
Well, it's human nature that the Eagles take their foot off the gas, that that's why they're not scoring points in the second half. And he may be right. Is it not human nature for the Jaguars while playing this game on Sunday to be wondering, what does my house look like? Are my family and friends okay down there in Florida? It's been a nasty storm that we've had to deal with here in America. And shoot, we're dealing with it just by watching it and staying on top of it, staying in touch with friends or family members that are down there. Did Eagles, and I apologize if this is an insensitive question, did Eagles gain an advantage because the Jaguars are coming up from a state that have had to deal with Hurricane Ian this week? It's a fair question, um, and I, I think I think that's certainly a possibility. Uh, I, it's um, There could be the death toll in Florida, I just saw this morning, I think they're, they, they're saying like hundreds could be dead um, from, from this hurricane, and so... Uh, yeah, I, I think if I think that that could certainly be playing into into members of, of the Jaguars and their coaching staff and, and family and, and all that. Um, yeah, well, I, I, it's if there's any I would say if there's a head coach that can kind of have their team mentally prepared to play a game on Sunday, <clears throat> it's Doug Peterson. I think he's an emotionally mature guy. I think he'll have everybody's priorities in the right spot. I think he's a guy who will help them balance the concerns of their family members and their, their personal lives and their property and all of those different things that go along with being in the eye of a hurricane and getting ready to play a football game on Sunday afternoon. So I don't think it'll be a tremendous amount, um, but I, I, you can't, you have to account for the human factor and everything yeah. having to do with sports. Yeah. The game is not played on paper and, and nope. that is, these are human beings and dealing with a, a very human situation. Yeah, and Tony Khan, one of the owners of the Jags, was in is already in town because his wrestling promotion was at the Leah Chorus Center last night, and he had already uh, said anybody who was living in Florida didn't have to travel to the show if they were concerned about their family and friends. So yeah, yeah. it is one of those things that uh, people don't think about. And yeah, I mean, there are real life problems that 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 come into. Uh, players are real people and i don't think uh enough people realize that at times uh but at john stolness uh on twitter follow john there uh read him at bleeding green listen to him at bleeding bleeding green phillies making a run towards the playoffs not great not putting up the good fight but uh you can uh listen to john at the good fight as well ph uh for the phillies uh are they gonna make it john we'll end it there Oh man, if you'd asked me last week, I would have said absolutely. I, I just they're collapsing again. It just I can't believe they're doing it again. I can't believe they're doing it again, guys. And, and I don't know that they have they they looked last night like they were terrified. They looked like deer in headlights at the plate. They looked like they have they were pressing. They did not look like a confident, relaxed baseball team last night. They they looked like they could feel a collapse coming and they have they're on the road and this weekend in DC the weather with you're talking about about Ian it could they might have to play two double headers this weekend but you know in different days it is things are not lining up in a good way for this team so my my instinct right now is no um which Ooh. is just unfathomable because i i really did think they were a shoe in Ouch. All right, I'm going to give you uh, back to football uh, final over-under. I do this uh, often when we have guests on. If not, uh, ask them to pick a score on an upcoming Eagle game. Give us an Mm over-under. Trevor Lawrence, 300 yards, 299, over or under? I'll say under. Really? 
Yeah, I'll say I'll, under. I'll say over, and it's not a bad thing. I believe there were seven quarterbacks in the National Football League that threw for 300 yards last week. Six of them lost. The yeah, only one who time. didn't lose was yeah. a guy by the name of Jalen Hurts here in Philadelphia. Sometimes he won. Yeah, put yeah. it up to 400, Jody. If he's got 400, <laughs> you're never going to lose. No, I wanted to make Stoltz think. Yeah. Uh, that's why I said it at 300. Johnny, great stuff. Appreciate you hopping on board with us. You know, we'll be calling again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for joining us today. You bet. Thanks, guys. John Stolmus, Bleeding Green Nation, here with us on Birds 365. I didn't go back and check. I don't think either of the quarterbacks had 300 yards on, on Monday night. But I know as of, and neither did the two quarterbacks on uh, Sunday night, either Russell Wilson or uh, Jimmy G. As of the end of Sunday afternoon play, there were seven quarterbacks in the NFL that threw for 300 yards. Six of them lost. Jalen was yeah. the only I, one. I say it all the time, Jody. I don't know why people want these big fantasy. Well, I know why for the fantasy football aspect of it. But the more yardage you throw for is probably a bad sign. Probably well, I, nine, I, nine I, times I'll give you one. Time. Your boy Kirk Cousins throws for 300 all the time. Yeah. And he is Mr. 500. Exactly. It's Normally you're behind, right? You're throwing the football all over the place because you have to. Uh, it's normally, not always, there are blowouts where you just go nuts. But nine times out of ten, if you're throwing for a lot of yards, it's because you have to throw right. for a lot of yards. And that's not a good sign. It's not ever a good sign. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, we're your Birds 365 guys. We'll come back. A couple more things I want to run by John. Then very much looking forward to next hour because all-time great Eagle wide receiver and color analyst on their radio network, Mike Quick, scheduled giving out jerseys, too. Don't forget that. He's giving out jerseys to the head coach. Okay, that's true. Uh, Did the Panda-in-Chief wear anything specific yesterday? That you could uh, he just had eagle sweatshirt on. Just regular eagles. Yeah, I, I said that was one of my predictions this week. No Phillies, no Flyers. I think he's done with that. No, okay. no Sixers. Who knows if the Sixers make the playoffs? Well, they will. But if the Sixers make a run in the playoffs, he might go Sixers at that. Point. Does he? Does he want to go with a Chris Long jersey this week since they're bringing him in to be the honorary yeah, captain maybe, against the Jazz? Maybe that's a good. It's a good guess, Jody. To counterbalance that return of Doug Peterson yeah. karma thing that I uh, saw, I saw uh, Mike uh, Mike signed the jersey as well, um, the, the Mike Quick jersey that Nick Sirianni was was wearing. In, I was in in lucky enough to be at a uh, charity function a couple of weeks ago with Mike, and uh, he said he would come on, and he's coming on today, or at least he's scheduled to come on about 20 minutes from now. So keep it right here on Birds 365. Mac and Mac coming back. Mike Quick yet to come. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. 
One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. We got Mag and Mac, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Let me uh, run this one by you, Johnny Mac. Uh, something we touched on a couple times over the last few weeks, and we actually saw for the first time this past week on Sunday in the game against the Commanders. Will Devontae Smith in punt reception formation be part of the Eagles game plan again this week? Is it going to be a situational decision that they make because short field possibility to take it to the house is it he's going to do it once a game every game no matter what we'll just figure out what is the best time to do it um i know michael clay spoke this week uh, as all the coordinators do what was your feel about how Devonte smith coming off the mega monster game where he probably should have been offensive player of the week in the nfc was not came up short uh lost out to your favorite 
punt returner, kickoff returner, running back slash wide receiver from the Atlanta Falcons this past week. Um, how, how often, if at all, do you think he's going to be back receiving punts? Yeah, and by know? the way, really lost out to uh, Brandon Graham because they're not going to give it to the same team. So, you know, I don't know why people get so up, up in arms. Uh, there's so much, you know politics to players of the week months of the week like they're not going to go back to back for instance they're not gonna you know so anyway but that's uh it's going to be high leverage situations uh what the eagles consider high leverage situations you probably don't want to see Devontae late because it probably means you're behind you want a big punt return um in the case of washington it was they had they were backed up and they, they thought they had a chance for a return um, you might see him in those circumstances, but it's not going to be a regular thing by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, like they used Deshaun Watson later in his career, Deshaun Jackson, excuse me, right. um, uh, later in his career. Um, if they needed a big return, if they think they can get a big return, you know, sometimes it's the opponent. If you have poor gunners um, and you're backed up, you know, that might have been their thought process with Washington. I'm not sure how good they are in coverage. Um, if they think they have a chance to break one, you're going to see Devontae back there. Or if they need to break one, you'll probably see Devontae back there. But uh, it's certainly not going to be a consistent thing. And, yeah, we've kind of picked on the Eagles as far as their punt return game, especially their kickoff return game, because uh, you and I agree, and I think most Eagle fans do, not Quez Watkins' forte returning kicks and the like. Yeah. Um, and not, not, has not shown that at all in the first three games. There's an example. I go back to Sean Bradley, you know, at the beginning and when I was in Tim Tebow. There's another one. Like, I, hey, I'll be the first to say – Nick Sirianni knows more about ball than me. We'll use ball. Uh, Michael Clay knows more about ball than me. I don't know what they see, see with Quez Watkins as a kickoff returner. I don't know. Pure speed. That's it. And they're they're leaving it at that, which is not enough, but that's what they see. Well, yeah. I meant but I meant, you know, everybody, you know, you need to have long speed. But he's not good at it is what I'm trying to say. There's a, you know, just because you're fast, there's a bunch of fast guys in this league. Doesn't mean you're good at it. And he's not good at it. So, I mean, they have other players who are better at it. So use them. They might not be as fast. Um, They aren't as fast, but. And Boston Scott is the guy I point to. I mean, uh, you know, he's going to get you what you should get. And that to me is better than the alternative right now. You know, I agree with you on that one. Um, thinking their thinking is, and it's the reason why I keep bringing up Devonta Smith, uh, returning punts. They want the home run. They want to knock the ball out of the park. And if the perfect kick comes down and uh, Quez can catch it and get his speed going ahead of time and those in front of him do the job blocking and there's a hole that he can get through, maybe he goes all the way to the house. But the, the, it, it, I agree with you, Jody, but the difference between those two players is Devontae's good at it. Devontae's right. no, good I'm, at I'm it. talking about Quez as compared to Boston Scott. Yeah. The reason why um, they're sticking with Quez is because they want the home run. Boston Scott will get you a double. And right now, Quest is 
is striking out looking in returning yeah. the kick. Take the but damn he's got the double. Potential of the home take, run. That's why they're sticking with him. Take the damn double, Nick exactly. Sirianni and Michael Clay. Take I, the damn double. You know I agree wholeheartedly. Um, but their their return game has been one of the issues, but it hasn't kept them um, from winning games. I'll this take point. a single, by the way, Jody. I'll take yeah. the single. You'll you'll go with the uh, singles when you're up three and zero. That's the way it should be. All right, um, we've talked about it plenty, and uh, it will be talked about all the way up until kickoff on Sunday. Doug P coming back to uh, Philadelphia purely from what they've achieved, their career, the first two games this year. I know it's never uh, an actual matchup, but we do it all the time, members of the media and, and, and fans and the like. The coaching matchup, Doug Peterson against Nick Sirianni. Is there an advantage for one of the two teams, in your opinion, John McMullen? I think Jacksonville has the advantage from this perspective. And I asked Doug this and I asked Nick this. I asked them both. Um Mike McCoy and, and, and Jim Bob Cooter are on Doug's staff in Jacksonville. Um, nobody knows Nick Sirianni better than those guys, except maybe Shane Steichen. So from that standpoint, I think his staff. So in other words, you know, EJ Smith was on the show yesterday and EJ's, uh, EJ's very smart when it comes to football. You know, a lot of beat writers aren't, to be honest. And they do a good job. No, I'm not. It's not that. I mean, they do a good job. Take a shot there, Johnny Mac. No, and I'm not even talking about Philadelphia. I'm talking in general. Uh, you, you don't have to know about football to write about people and stories and personalities. So some guys don't know that much about football, to be honest. EJ knows a ton about football. Okay. Um that's what that's what I'm talking about. It's not a shot at anybody. It, it, it's not even needed to to do the job. To be honest, you're telling stories, um, but it helps in my perspective, in my viewpoint. Um, and EJ is really good at that kind of stuff. And I'm glad he pointed out. I point this out all the time as well. Eagles' offense is very simple. Very simple. It's not an insult. It just is. So it's not about teams not knowing what the Eagles are doing. It's not about teams um, being fooled by what they're doing. It's about executing at a high level. It's about having good players. Um, so from that standpoint, it, it, it's not about, you know, oh, he knows what Nick Sirianni's doing and, and he doesn't. It's about, you know, high high leverage situations. I just talked about with Devontae Smith. Like Mike McCoy knows what Nick Sirianni wants to do in a big situation. Jim Bob Cooter knows where all the bones are buried, what he likes to do when you need something done. I think that's the slight advantage. Okay. That's that's it. That, fair enough. It's more of a coaching staff versus coaching staff rather than a strict Doug versus Nick kind of matchup. I get what you're uh, uh, pointing at. If the Eagles offense is simplistic, is that what you said? I That's what I took from what you yeah, said. Yeah, it is. It's very simple. Okay. It's very simple. How many offenses in the NFL are more complex? Not many now. I mean, the game has changed. Um that's you what know, I, I mean. talk about it all the time from the defensive perspective as well. Um, you know, Doug would be one of them. 
Doug has more of a West Coast vibe. Um, Andy, obviously, would be one of them. Um, they do a lot more. Um, now, but that said, you know, when Carson got hurt in 2017, the Eagles remade their whole offense for Nick Foles and went to RPO based off and went to the simple stuff, went to, and they were effective with it. So, um, his playbook's probably a little bit bigger. So if you want to go from it, Doug's, so if you want to go from that perspective, um, and that's from Andy, and that's where he learned, and he learned more of that old school, what I was talking about earlier in the show. Um, and I haven't watched, uh, you know, he may have more for Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence comes from a system that was simple. So he might be doing different things. I haven't delved that deeply into Jacksonville. But if you're asking me whose playbook is bigger, it's like, you know, I go back to Chip Kelly and the card with S8 on it. <laughs> That's, you know, and then you had the cheesecake uh, factory menu with Doug Peterson. Um, yeah, the game's changed, Jody. It's not, um, and, and and I talk about it all the times where you get into these, well, you've got to go to progression one, progression two, progression three, progression four, and then you go, no, it's not like that anymore. They teach concepts. They don't teach plays. So you see, where's the, where's the pre-safety going to be? on this particular quarter's coverage. Um, then you know where to go with the football. It's not about Bill Walsh and all the verbiage and all the language. It's a different game. It's not yeah. an insult. No, and it doesn't mean it's a lesser game, even though the play sheet may be shorter, the playbook might not be as thick. The results are the results. I'll judge results rather than preconceived notions every day of the week. And uh, at least right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, oh, the offense is working just fine. Thank you very much. Number one offense in the NFL. So I always go back to Jimmy Johnson. Long, you know, three running plays. Three running plays. Go stop them. Right. Uh, the talent will, will basically end up uh, deciding everything. All right. Uh, this week, a full NFL with no short week, no long week. One week from a 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday to a 1 o'clock kickoff this upcoming Sunday. Of course, the game at Lincoln Financial Field. So, home crowd. I, I'm going to go out on a limb with a prediction here, Johnny Mac. There will not be as many Jacksonville Jaguar fans in the link as there were Eagle fans down in uh, Landover, Maryland on Sunday. Uh, only the second home game of the year. How would... Uh, Big an advantage is that for the Eagles playing at home this week again. It's always uh, a big advantage for the Eagles, especially when they're good and the people are fired up. I mean, it's a really, really difficult place to play, and it is a still a very young quarterback. Doug knows that. He mentioned that a couple times, and he's he's going to press that into his team, just what a difficult environment it is. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to weigh that in. You got to weigh that in anytime come, but anytime somebody is coming to the link and the Eagles are good, it's going to be tough for them. It's going it to be is. tough for them. And I think Trevor Lawrence is a very composed young quarterback. He plays uh, a little bit more with a veteran look at him than a guy who's only started 20 games in the National Football League. But he probably hasn't started all that many in front of Ed's raucous crowd as he's going to see coming up this week 
against the Eagles. Uh, I know I asked John Stolnitz, I asked you the other day, you didn't think the Eagles were going to go to a video tribute. I think the Eagles will because they did that with Andy Reid. Yeah, I kind of walked that back to I I have no idea because I don't pay that much attention to that stuff. So I was going back, did they do one for – if they did one for Andy, I assume they'll do one for Doug. But I don't know. So I don't – I don't pay a ton of attention. Come on, you've got your eagle sword. Don't you have somebody in the PR department who can give you no. that information? Well, more, yes, if I had the desire to ask them. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't interest me, to be honest. But I think it, it might it, interest it, your readers, John. Well, you know, it, I don't think it would, to be okay. honest. But um, there's different, you know, I mean, I don't, to me, it's, it's and and Doug said this as well. He's like, I I mean, you know, once 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 the ball's kicked off, and I think Brandon Graham said this as well. You know, Doug's trying to hurt us, not physically, but Doug's trying to beat us. Doug's trying to, you know, once the ball's kicked off, That's he's true. he's 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 got the wrong laundry on. That's all that matters. And on the wrong side of the field. Yeah, I you know. You and I had this discussion with the uniforms in the off season, and oh, they're wearing their black helmets. They're red. and I'm like, I don't give a fly, and you know what? I'm the same way. And and I think Ruben was the one who said, I don't remember what they're wearing ten minutes after the game is over. I'm the exact same way. I have no stinking idea. I mean, yeah, maybe it is blind. Maybe I should care more, but I can't force myself to care more about things like that. So I don't know. My my gut is because I don't care about it, and I'm probably wrong that they will do something. But I might not even notice because I'm doing the pregame stuff and all that kind of. Take stuff. it from a guy who's been dealing with the fans here in town for thirty plus years. This is the kind of stuff they eat up. They they they're motivated by it. They get into it. They sink their teeth into it. You are one hundred percent right. Soon as the kickoff goes, Doug Peterson's the opposing coach. What he did five years ago means zero, nothing, nada. After the game, you can think about it again. It will mean nothing once the game gets underway. But how he is handled by both the Eagle organization and the fans do interest the fans prior to the game getting underway on Sunday. All right, coming up next. We've got one of the all-time great Philadelphia Eagles. He's as good a wide receiver as they've ever had. And he gets to sit next to that Merrill Reese guy every single week. Yeah, he sits summer. next to us next. Quick, quick Batman. That's what I'm calling him. Quick Batman. He's the quick Batman? Okay, yeah. we'll see what Mike calls himself is. His Batman status. Mike Quick joins us next here on Birds 365.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Faces you know, the team you trust, the Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Good enough to jump aboard with us for a couple of minutes. And, uh, Mike, thank you very much for uh, giving us a couple minutes of your time. Here's where I want to start. Uh, we got a whole bunch of things we want to talk to you about. But do your ears ring or buzz when you get a feeling that they're talking about me on the radio, a column is being written about me? A lot of people <laughs> with the start that the two eagle wide receivers, three receivers have had, want to say, is this the best two wide receivers Eagles have ever had in the season? Is this pair the best that the Eagles have? And I think back to the early 80s when you had a very young Mike Quick and a sort of getting older Harold Cunningham on the Eagles at the same time. Um, does that ever come to mind for you when you're out there? Because a lot of people believe that uh, you were part of maybe the greatest duo of Eagle wide receivers how do you compare your time with the Eagles and your running mates with the two guys the Eagles have right now? Oh, we, are you hearing Mike, John? I am not hearing Mike, so we have an audio problem. Uh, Tom, could you take Mike down try to bring him? Yeah, Mike can't hear us either, so we'll try to figure out what's going on there. But, yeah, I think Harold Har, uh, Harold Carmichael obviously is a Hall of Famer. So, uh, But he was at the end of his career when right. Mike was at the beginning of his career. Uh, Mike still can't hear us, so something's going on. Um, don't know exactly what. Hopefully we can get this uh, situated because we really want to talk to Mike quick. For a number of one, who knows the receiver position better than right. Mike Quick? And 
this team with AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, um, look, I'm I'm on board. I think this is you you can't talk about production yet. We're talking about three games together. But I think this is the most talented duo the Eagles have ever had at one time. And they've had a lot of good receivers over the years, Mike being at the top of that list. Uh, but these guys are spectacular. And, you know, I think I told you before the season, I, I put A.J. Brown as the second best player on this team. I knew he was a good player. I didn't know he was this good. And I, I it, 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 he's been above and beyond what has been expected. And then Devontae Smith, I think just fits into okay, more now, company. And here we go. And now we hear Mike Wick. Can you hear us, Mike? I can hear you now. All yes. Right. Good. Hey, good, good morning, deal. guys. Good morning. Uh, right. I'm not I, sure if you heard what Jody said. So Jody, go ahead. Yeah. Can I, I want to reiterate the question that I had um, because it's been brought to me when I'm on the radio uh, I'm, I know other guys on WIP have dealt with it. Guys have written stuff about it in columns and the like. The best duo, wide receiver duo the Eagles have ever had. I've heard the names of Mike Quick and Harold Carmichael linked Stop together. Right there. Yeah, there we go. There <laughs> so we does go. it bother you that the two guys who are getting it done this day are starting to get consideration that they could pass Quick and Cunningham? Carmichael. Oh my, yeah. excuse me. Harold's in the Hall of Fame, so. Yeah, he's um, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm just enjoying today. These guys are so talented, Jody, John, that I really enjoy watching these guys play. They, they are real professionals. They are really dedicated to what they do. Um, I think we had more fun back in the day when we played. You know, there are more things outside of the game that we enjoy. Yeah. These guys are just businessmen that – and they're about their business, and I really appreciate them. That's that to me is one of the reasons they're so talented. What do, What do you think the complementary nature is, Mike? You, know, you played the game at such a high level. When you have AJ and his size and his physicality and his yards after catch, and you have Devontae and his ability to to run routes, and you saw him high point the football last week. You saw him yep. go up. What what the complementary nature of those two guys? It seems like a, a perfect puzzle piece. Yeah, I completely agree with that, John. Um, <laughs> I love this thing that Slay has started now with the skinny yeah, Batman. Batman. I got you was quick and Batman, small, small Batman, Batman skinny but, Batman, yeah, fast Batman. When you got Batman. small Batman, you can put guys on him and he can push them around, and he can, he he still has all the skills to run all the routes. He catches great. And he's so good with the ball in his hands. He can run people over, run around people. Yet when you're swole, you can do that. And then yeah. when you're skinny, you're just sleek. And you're like the gazelle. And you can get around people because you're so swift the foot. Um, you go up and you spring and catch the ball the way he did in the end zone and all of those things. It's just, I, I think it's a great compliment. It is a great compliment. And I want to compliment you because you're kind of that in-between guy between those two guys. You were certainly yeah. bigger than skinny back Batman. You weren't quite as big as swole Batman. So if you had to compare your game at the best of your game to these two guys now, which one do you think you're closer to? Uh, you know, I think it, you said it at the beginning. It's I'm, I was a combination of them both. Uh, physical enough to you know push cornerbacks around when I needed to and fast enough to run by people when I needed to, a uh, little bit of a combination. I'd say I'm pro I was probably more towards skinny Batman 
than than, <laughs> than swole Batman. Uh, Mike, uh, I always say receivers at at some point are, are at the mercy of the vehicle getting them the football. I mean, yeah. you got to have somebody who can get you the football. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts just named NFC Offensive Player of the Month this morning. Um, everybody knows Jalen's work ethic that's around this team. You know yep. it. I know it. We see the Eagles constantly talk about, I don't know what his ceiling is, but I know he's going to reach his ceiling because he works so hard at it. Mm-hmm. Could you have ever imagined he's been this good over the first three weeks, that the ceiling was this high? So honestly, I thought I thought he was going to be good, but I didn't think that we would start to see it so early in his career. You know, mo- a lot of guys you don't see them really mature and play the way he's playing to until year four, year five, because now he's starting to see things on the field, recognize things, and it, it the play doesn't have to come from the sideline as much anymore because he's able to do it on the field because he's just grown that much over this short period of time. I expected him to be good, but he's at a level right now that I didn't see coming so quickly. That, that to me, is re- the real difference. Mike, you played almost a decade in the league. You've been doing the Eagle broadcast now for a couple of decades on top of that. So you've seen a lot of football in your time. Yes. The improvement of Jalen Hurts, because John and I talk about it. We feel, I feel calls about it on WIP. Your accuracy is what your accuracy is. You really can't improve your accuracy, which mm. I just dismissed out of hand. But that's the way a lot of fans believed. Mm. He's improved his accuracy even more than I believed he could. And I'm a fan. Have you ever seen anybody make that big a leap? Now, it's only three games, and I don't want to overstate it. But, man, he is just so much more accurate this year. Have you ever seen anything like this before? So, Jody, I think the improvement in the accuracy comes along with the knowledge that he's gained um, in just this short period of time, the experience now that he has, the ability to process and recognize what's going on. Um, They've worked a lot on his footwork. So all of these things together, is, is it, it's really coming into this thing where he is just one of the best, and as you noted, named the NFC player of, Offensive Player of the Month. It's all of these things, the improved footwork and the work that he's put in with the footwork, the uh, processing, the recognizing where he needs to go with the football. So when you process it sooner, you're able to get the ball into the right places. You know, I heard people talking about his lack of arm strength early on in his career. And it wasn't the it wasn't the lack of arm strength. It was the lack of timing. And that timing was because of the recognition. Now he's starting to see things, processing things quicker and knows where to go earlier than he knew early on in his playing days, playing time. So now the ball comes out with the right timing. And with that, the accuracy is improved. So it's all of these things. Uh, Did you get frozen up, Jody? I got, uh, well, there we go. Mike's back. You were a little frozen to me, Mike. Um, Oh, no. I just gave I, you the best stuff. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's always you. the way. <clears throat> I want to talk to you. But it's really yeah. – let me go back, though. It's all of these things, that the processing, the timing, uh, the footwork, all of these things coming together, and that's yeah. what we're starting to see. And how, how much of that uh, – because I want to talk about the head coach and 
by the way, was repping number 82 down in, in, in Washington. Never looked um, better. Yeah. Never, <laughs> and I saw that. I saw, you know, in his post-game press conference, I saw that was personalized, Mike. But uh, the fact, his, his impact on the development uh, of Jalen Hurts and Shane Steichen as well, Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach, yeah, and just the culture Nick Sirianni has built because you're a big part of this family and still doing the broadcast. And yeah, um, he does stuff like that, and he does want to rep Mike Quick. How much does that mean to this organization, this team? So I just think that Nick is being genuine, authentic because that's who he is. He's a guy <laughs> that grew up around the game, loves the game, played the wide receiver position by the yeah. way, growing growing up you know, a fan of wide receivers uh, mm-hmm. and a big fan of the Philadelphia Eagles and the market. And so just like a lot of people you, you see in the community every day wearing Eagles gear, he likes to wear Eagles gear. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's kind of cool that the guy who's now the head coach, you know, likes to rep Eagles gear all the time. That to me, it's, it's kind of cool. All right, Mike, uh, when Eagles get out to a 3-0 and start, if we question anything about him, people think we're trying to hate on him. We're not. We're nitpicking. And we acknowledge that we nitpick a little bit. <laughs> but uh, it, we also acknowledge yeah. that they're 3-0 and and look as good as almost any team in the National Football League. But how many times in your career did they run a jet sweep to you on fourth and one from the goal line? <laughs> you know what? I didn't um, dislike the call so much. But – I don't know if Zach Pascal is the right yeah. guy. Yeah, well, that's part of the call. The guy yeah. you handed to is yeah. a big part of the call. As a matter no, of fact, I would not. I would not have wanted to be that guy in that situation. Um, man, I ran a reverse one time against the New York Giants, and I told them after that reverse, I'll never run this play again. If you call, <laughs> if you call this play again, I'm not going to run it. I'll never forget it because D. Hardison big defensive tackle out of University of North Carolina. He was standing in the backfield waiting for me when I got the handoff from the revert. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a splat. He splattered me. And, yeah. and, and that was one of the um one of the occasions when my when I started to recognize that my knee was going bad because it was three hundred plus pounds of D Hardison sitting on me. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think that should have been a Kenny Gainwell play. Manufactured touch, that should be that should be Kenny Gainwell, but that's nitpicking. I asked Nick Sirianni this question yesterday, Mike, so I want to ask it to you. We always talk about quarterbacks elevating the talent around them, yes. and I think Jalen's playing at that kind of level, but you, you playing at such a high level at the receiver position, we generally don't think about receivers elevating the quarterback can that can that happen? How much does it happen when you have an AJ Brown coming in here? And she seems to be the domino effect that it's turned this offense from one that made a lot of explosive plays, um, but also had a number of hiccups last year into one that's far more consistent this year, at least for short spurts. Hey, uh, you know, Jaworski quick elevated Ron. I mean, Carmichael quick elevated Jaworski. Yeah. It happens all the time. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> absolutely. So one of the things that, that I really appreciate with uh, Jalen Hurts right now is that he throws the ball to guys that are in tight coverage, where defensive backs are in phase 
you know, close to the receiver. Yeah. But he's given these guys opportunities to make plays. That's the National Football League. It's not like at the collegiate level where you've got a step, you've got two steps and you're wide open. You have to throw the ball into tight windows, into tight coverage many times and give your players opportunities to make plays. And they are doing that. So the wide receivers on this team, they are, in fact, elevating the play of the quarterback because they make the catches on those 50-50 balls that everybody talks about. And they're not so much 50-50 balls anymore. Yeah, they're like 70-30, yeah. yeah. When, yeah. You're throwing it, when you're throwing it to uh, swole Batman, skinny Batman, they're able to make plays because of their gifts. Um, skinny Batman's range is just crazy. You know, he just looks like, you know, six feet tall and, you know, but his wingspan has to yeah, be he's like really a, long. Yeah, That's his wingspan thing. has yeah. to be like a six three guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you throw the ball to him, even when he when it appears that he's in tight coverage, he can still get away from people and, and make catches that many people can't make. Swole Batman has the ability to box people out. If you remember on the on the touchdown, the slant play, um, from the right side. Yeah. The, the deep back was there, but he's such a big body and he's able to box out like a basketball player and make catches like that. That's when you start to elevate the play of your quarterback, when you're able to do that in contested situations. All right. We got three guys here, none of which are millennials. So this might be the <laughs> wrong question to ask, but I'm going to try it anyway. Um, if we got a whole bunch of Batmans playing the wide receiver position, what Marvel superhero is Dallas Goddard? Because McMullen calls him the best player on the entire team. He's got to have player. a nick. We got to make him into a superhero too, don't we? Yeah, but I, I leave that to the millennials because they're good. <laughs> <laughs> Dodging yeah. it. Good move, Mike Quick. Good yeah. move. I leave that to like, like slaying these guys. They're so creative. I, I kind of. I love what they're doing. And it really just shows the camaraderie, the chemistry of this football team. And they're having a lot of fun with one another. I love the fact that they celebrate the successes of one another. To me, that's good stuff. When you yeah. see, when you start to see guys and they get excited about when one of the guys on the team make, makes a play, that is good stuff. That is the type of team that you want to have guys who celebrate one another. So Dallas got it. You're exactly right. He is one of the best players on the team, one of the best players at that position in football. Um, he needs a nickname. He needs, you know, yeah, we, we, gotta, we have to talk more about we, that. We got to get some of the, yeah. and I, I'm being, of course, uh, corrected here on uh, our, our stream. He's DC. He's not Marvel. I mentioned one. I don't yeah, know from see? superheroes. Yeah, they're correcting <laughs> just, you already, I'm just Joe. Dan Goddard <laughs> Mike, deserves a Mike nickname just right. like his fellow wide receivers. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> going to stay away from that one. Let the millennials uh, figure yeah, that, that out. Okay. It's got to be yeah. something with God mode with Dallas Goddard. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll go that direction. But uh, big week, Mike. Doug Peterson returning to uh, Lincoln Financial Field. You yeah. know, it's so interesting to me because – Obviously, Doug was able to accomplish something never accomplished before in Eagles history, winning the the first Super Bowl champ, hopefully the first, the only so far. Um, yet he was gone so quick, and you were there, and, and you saw the highs and the lows. Um, 
what do you think of Doug coming in? The reaction is going to be, and and I I don't know why Eagles fans would be mad at Doug Peterson, but are you surprised it ended so quickly after the apex? I, I was surprised that it ended as quickly as it did, um, but you know it's a it's a game that you know what have you done for me lately? It's you know that's football, that's the the business that we've chosen and. You know, after winning four games, you have to start to think about, you know, making changes. You, you don't expect it so quickly at the head position, at the head coach spot. But, you know, the owner chose that. And when I'm king, I'll make the rules. And <laughs> he, and he yeah. decided that that's where he needed to make change. And I, I don't I think Doug initially may have had some, you know, ill feelings about what happened. And I, and I think that's normal, but I think Doug's in a real good place. I think Doug's happy that he was able to take the year off because he had a lot going on in his personal yeah, life. Yeah. Um, he still got paid a bunch of money to stay home for a year. Um, and then now he's back in, into the game and he's in a real good place. Doug's a good man. Doug's going to do well, no matter where he is. All right, Mike, I just looked this up because if memory served me, uh, it happened, and sure enough, as per the statistics, I was right. Kick returns by Mike Quick in your career. <laughs> there were two, uh, two in nineteen eighty-six. They they put you back there twice to return kickoffs. Is that accurate? Is your memory? That might that that might be correct. But if they kick to me, if I had to catch it. I'm sure I was doing this right away. Because <laughs> I'm not, uh, I had no no intention of running any type of kick return. I ran, the, listen, I ran that one reverse, and that's the last time I, I ever ran a reverse. You want to get up on the line of scrimmage and go straight ahead, understood. Yes. The reason I bring it up is because John and I have kicked it back and forth about uh, Devontae Smith returning punts. He was really good in a limited basis in Alabama. He took one to the house to help win a game for the Tide. Uh, they put him back there last week. Do you think they'll continue to do that on a very limited basis? Because, again, nitpicking, if there's anything that the Eagles haven't been outstanding in early on first three games, has been their return game. Um, I, I saw that, and I cringe because I just <laughs> think he's too valuable. I don't want to see him return punts. I hope that um, – the kid, Britt Covey, I hope he becomes a, a good returner or they find a good returner. I just think the value of Devontae Smith is just too much to to risk him returning uh, punts. That's just my personal opinion, and that's the way I would go with it. Uh, the third phase as a whole, Mike, um, probably the only thing we could complain about over the yes. first three weeks. Uh, you can complain about the tackling in week one, but – they corrected that, uh, as we all expected them to do. Uh, the special teams, though, has been pretty shaky thus far. Yeah. And, and and it's been uh, everywhere. The, Jody was talking about the, 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 the returns. The coverage hasn't been ga- uh, great. You had the block field goal. Um, concern, or, or you think it's all fixable? Well, there is concern there because I think that um... – they haven't gotten into the really tough games yet. And I, and I like that early in the season, they're playing teams where you can really start to like play well, get a lot of confidence in what you're doing, 
work on your execution and all of these things. I think Sunday's game is going to be their biggest test so far. So I, think Doug, yeah. I think Doug's got Jacksonville playing at a high level. So you're going to need all three phases. So that that is a concern. And, and probably one of my only concerns is that they need better special teams play on all phases of their special teams. And, and I think it does begin with Jacksonville being the best team that they've played so far. And then they've got uh, the Cardinals. And that's a really good football team. So these early games, I think, is a great opportunity for them to start to put it all together, start to feel good about what, what they can do, their strengths, their weaknesses, and, and try and make sure that the weaknesses aren't very weak going into you know, the thick of the schedule. All right, two-part question for you, Mike. Um, John and I were talking about this shortly before you came on, the fact that it's a home game for the Eagles this week. Actually, it's their third home game of the year because they had a two in Lincoln Financial Field and the one last week down in D.C. <laughs> where basically they were the home team. Yeah, um, I agree. So that they've taken advantage of it the first two times. How big a deal is it this week? How much does it add pressure to Trevor Lawrence trying to play, uh, play in front of this hostile and loud crowd? And the second part of the question is, how does it affect Mike Quick, the broadcaster? Is it harder to do Eagle home games because it's louder? Uh, is it com- comparable? John said it was a good home crowd in Detroit week number one, so it's just louder at different times during the game. How does the board, how does the, the the volume of the hometown crowd affect Mike Quick's broadcast? It's more fun. I love it. It's so when when you're a player, and I had that experience, you love that feeling, that energy that you get from the home crowd. And it's for me the same way sitting in the booth now nice. 25 years. Like when when you have that crowd behind the team, it really does help and it does boost your energy and everything. It just flows much smoother when you have the home crowd. Yep. I I really enjoy playing it when they play at Lincoln Financial. Nice. At Mike uh, Quick Six on Twitter, you could follow Mike there. I see you're on Cameo, so people want to get a video uh, from Mike. Yeah, I don't Quick, do but... I don't do much of that anymore. But yeah, yeah I'm still... well, it's still out there, so I'm going to plug it. I'm going to plug it, Mike. I don't remember the last time that I even sent out a tweet. Well, I don't maybe tweet very maybe much, we get you. Yeah, maybe but I like following you. you smart guys on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. Man. Um and and follow Mike. So I want to talk about Merrill. How fired up is Merrill with this team? I saw him down in the locker room yesterday. This oh, is yeah. this is a a good football team. I I mean I think we can clearly put the period on that. The question is how good can they be? I know Brandon said uh, Brandon Graham said this is more talented than the Super Bowl team. Um, how fired up is Merrill Reese about this team? Yeah, he's really fired up about him. You know, we do this, and I, I won't reveal the numbers for all of us, but in the booth with um, Joe McPeak, Merrill, and myself, Joe McPeak, our producer, for those who don't know, um, we before the first game, Joe passes around an index card, and we all put our number on the card for the NFC East. We put from top to bottom how we expect the NFC East to finish. And we put a number of wins, losses at the end of those. And um, needless to say, Merrill's usually on the high end for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it just, he's just really, we all are. We're all pumped up about this team because we, 
you know, we're, we're in a good place right now. This is a really strong roster, and we knew that going into the season. And now we're seeing that this coaching staff has taken it to another level in preparing these guys each and every week. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's a fun team. Last one for me, Mike. And you're an offensive guy. Um, certainly were during your playing days and your expertise that you lended to us today. We appreciate greatly. But this is also a defensive town that they yes. they truly appreciate when a defense is hard hitting and aggressive and the like. And they put up put up nine sacks last week against the in front of the quasi home crowd in yep. DC. Um I don't think they get nine sacks again tomorrow. I think Trevor Lawrence is better at getting rid of the football than Carson Wentz was. I think the Jacksonville Jaguar line is better than the Washington line right now. Which gets the bigger cheers? The sack? or the, Certainly a touchdown is going to be number one, but yeah. a solid 40-yard gain or a sack. Or sitting there all those years next to Merrill, listening to the crowd, loving the hometown crowd, which gets the bigger cheer for you? Well, it just depends on the quarterback. Now, Trevor Lawrence may not get the, like a Tom Brady sack, they go crazy. Okay. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, yeah, the, you're going to hear a lot of cheering, but I would say the 40-yard the run, the big play, it's still, and, and yes, this is a football town, but the big plays there still get the, the big crowd getting into it. But if you've got uh, a Dak Prescott at quarterback, and he gets sacked, then the crowd goes absolutely bananas. If you got <laughs> uh, Tom Brady, they're going to go bananas. But Trevor Lawrence, you get excited, but nah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting answer, Mike. Thank you very much for that one and for all your answers. Popping aboard with us. We'll certainly get you back on. We'll give you a good couple of uh, weeks, if not months, to uh, uh, recoup uh, and recover from being on with Mac Mac. Uh, but we will want you back when the season gets a little bit further on down the line. Thanks for jumping Man. in with us today. Yeah, thanks, thanks Mike. Mike. Guys, take care. Our pleasure. That's Mike Quick here with us on Birds 365, all-time Eagle great wide receiver and uh, only been doing it with Merrill for 25 years. So uh, he has become a, a legend here in this town. We appreciate when he hops on with us. All right, McMullen and McDonald, you got your Mac and Mac guys. We got to come back and put a bow on this show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com.
score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the DelVal Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of DelVal Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Johnny Mac, John McMullen, the Mac and Mac guys, John Birch, 365, right, coming down the home stretch. Um, John, you mentioned earlier that uh, the AEW was in town at uh, Leah Chorus last night. Still got to watch the second half of the show. I only got an hour worth of watching in last night. And that uh, Tony Khan, uh, who is son of Shad, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jags and major mover and shaker within the organization, also runs AEW. Um, that he allowed certain wrestlers, if they didn't want to show up for last night's card, uh, to stay in Florida with the team. The Jags are getting out of Florida when? Are they leaving early? Have you heard anything on that? Is there yeah, Doug, any- uh, now I haven't paid attention to where everything is necessary, but obviously Jacksonville, for those who don't know, is the first coast of Florida. That's the nickname. So it's on uh, the eastern end at the top of the state. So uh, they're a little bit, you know, everybody's getting a ton of rain. Um, but that said, they're not changing their travel plans, so they're coming in Saturday. Okay. Um, not not the Gulf Coast is where uh, it mainly um, really getting hit hard. So Jacksonville's a little bit um, better off uh, than, than uh, certain people in Florida. So they hadn't changed as of yesterday when Doug talked, they hadn't changed any travel plans. I haven't heard that they have to this point. So um, they plan to be here Saturday, like a typical game. And we'll see if that changes, uh, right. but there is supposed to be some rain here. So the remnants uh, of, of Ian are going to be up here by that point. And do you think it's going to be actually still ongoing on Sunday? I'm asking you to be a weatherman. I'm not a weatherman. Uh, well, I just checked the weather. So it, it it's supposed to be pretty cool on Sunday, 61, 60% chance of rain. So it's 90% on Saturday, 
but a little bit cooler than it has been. So that I don't think it's going to be terrible, but there's probably going to be some rain, at least right. the early indication. So you guys are going to have to deal with that down at the game on Sunday. Um, all right, we got a good one planned tomorrow. Supposedly, Devin Caney is going to join us. Now, the last time Devin... Yeah, I, I, I got a texter, yeah. I yeah, got a, hey, uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're planning on Devin joining us uh, tomorrow for our second hour. And the first hour, um, we're hoping to get a guy on uh, who covers the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, as I was just asking you, Hurricane Ian is changing everybody's plans in the state of Florida. Not as much down in Jacksonville um, as if you were in Tampa. And yeah, the Chiefs are supposed to come to town to play the Bucks on Sunday, which is now dicey. They've set Minnesota as the alternate potential site. If they need, they move the game out of town. So we're hoping to get a Jag spot up uh, tomorrow. You're going to have to tune in to find out. All right. So what do you got the rest of the day, Johnny Mac? Uh, Novacare Eagles practice, uh, locker room, talk to some players. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. preparation continues for Doug they, Peterson week. They be ready for the Jaguars as are we, uh, John McMullen and I will be back with you tomorrow. We want you right back here on birds 365. You got great programming coming the rest of the day. So do not get off the Jacob media YouTube channel, but know full well that Mac and Mac will be back with birds six, three sixty five in two and two you've been listening to birds 365 the destination for the passionate eagles football fan who bleeds green if it's eagles football we're talking about it debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region we hope you enjoyed the show we know we had a blast make sure to like comment and subscribe and we'll be back soon but in the meantime hook up with us on social media at jacob sports see you next time on birds 365 without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.